coming at you again with another installment of our series of reruns, which we've been at for about six weeks now. We're going to be dropping back in soon with all new episodes, but between now and then, you can enjoy some of the most popular episodes of The Modern Recorders to date. Take this moment to catch an episode that you may have missed during our first year of consecutive weekly shows of The Modern Recordist. Or if you happen to already catch every single episode, which I'm very grateful to you for, use this time to listen to one of your favorite episodes again and perhaps pick up an idea or two that didn't land the first time. Hey, I want to make sure that you know how to get subscribed to The Modern Recordist if you're not already. Go to my website at johnstinson.com. That's J-O-N-S-T-I-N-S-O-N.com. Remember, there's no H in John. And put your email address in the sign-up form that you will find right on the front page. I'll make sure that you never miss an episode. And as a bonus, I'll also periodically send you emails with tips, thoughts, and guidance on recording, mixing, producing, songwriting, and maximizing your creative flow. All this at no cost to you. So head on over to my website and get subscribed now. And secondly, I also want to encourage you to additionally get subscribed via iTunes. And the way to do that is to either fire up your podcasting app right on your iPhone or open up iTunes on your laptop or desktop, search for The Modern Recordist, and click or tap that little subscribe button there. While on iTunes, make sure... You take a quick second to leave a rating and review as well. Good and honest ratings and reviews. Let other people know the value you're getting out of listening to The Modern Recordist. It also helps us to know that you're getting something out of these episodes and whether or not we're producing uh, meaningful content and bringing on guests that you find fun and interesting to listen to. And finally, if you are indeed getting something out of listening to this podcast, go ahead and share it with a friend or three Simply drop a link in an email, text message, or a social media post and let everyone you know how much you're getting out of listening to The Modern Recordist. All right, now a little bit about the rerun episode that you are about to hear. Uh, This is the first half of episode 39 with a fantastic songwriter and musician in Nashville and a friend of mine. On this episode, our guest opened up with some awesome philosophies on creativity and songwriting, and he shared many epic stories and books and tipped us off to some incredible creators and explorers that have shaped not only his personal philosophies, but have also served as an inspiration for the music that he creates. This was a very fun conversation with lots of insightful thoughts from uh, this particular guest. I really enjoyed hanging out with him, and I hope that you not only enjoy listening to our conversation, but that you really take something away from it that you can incorporate into your own creative and songwriting pursuits. To catch the full episode as it was originally posted, go to johnstinson.com slash TMR039. Remember, there's no H in John. And now, please enjoy the first half of episode 39 with Lane Abernathy. Killer song, dude. Thanks, man. Dude, thanks for being here, man. This is awesome. I'm really excited that you're Yeah, this is great. This is my first podcast, so I'm really excited. Well, cool, man. This is my... 39th podcast and congratulations it's uh it's fun man and uh yeah uh, i'm I'm enjoying this so yeah man um i'm trying to think about like you and i connected a long time ago in the music scene and then it's kind of been um how it is with like the national music scene it's just kind of you know like you don't you see people around all the time then you and then like you know you get involved in your own projects and you kind of get isolated like i have a tendency to kind of like isolate myself in the studio for long periods of time and yeah there was like a long a long time where like i didn't see you around and then um and then like not too long ago we bumped back into each other and been able to catch back up and now you're on the show and um Dude, I'm I'm super excited. This is this has been fun cuz we've been connecting on a lot of cool things lately. Yeah, yeah, me too. Absolutely. Um Let's see. Yeah, it seemed like there were a few times when we were like, is that John? Is that Lane? Yeah. I, 
but I'm glad I'm glad we finally yeah. made the connection. Yeah, man, because it's a good thing. I've been enjoying our conversations and, and and digging deep into into what it's all about. Yeah, man, me too. So, um, yeah, man, the uh, that song, um, "Angel on My Shoulder." Yeah, yeah, right. Um, that's a killer song, dude. You have a, you have an awesome you have an awesome voice. Um, and uh, that was that, that was a fun performance to to, to watch and listen to. Oh, I, I appreciate it, man. Thanks yeah. a lot. Yeah, that's an interesting song for me. Um, I uh, I wrote it right after the Paris terrorist attacks. Okay, so it's ones. so it's a it's a pretty yeah recent about song. the the um the what is it um Eagles of Death Metal show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where yeah. they just murdered a bunch of people. Um, and right around that time, this. A uh, young woman had. It was, she was a musician, and she had friended me on Facebook, just to expand her network. Um, and it was pretty clear what was going on. And then I emailed her. Was like, "Hey, have we met? I mean, not a big deal. I just don't recognize you. If we have, sorry." And she's like, "Oh no, um, we haven't." And I guess she's pretty Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, and started asking me all these questions, and I'm not. Mm-hmm. Um, about my philosophy, um, about life and things like that. It seemed like she was maybe pretty intrigued on how, in how I was living or by how I was living. Um, because, um, I feel like there's a, I feel like for me, there's something going on, um, whatever it is, like a path or something, an intention reason I'm here. Mm -hmm. Um, and it seemed like maybe for her, it was hard to wrap her head around the fact that somebody could be, um, you know, spiritual and moral and giving, um, and serving, but outside of a organized, the context mm-hmm. of an organized religion. Yeah. And it was kind of blowing her mind. It seemed like, you know, and it's not like, I don't attribute that to me at all. I'm just, I was just the vehicle or whatever. Right. And so a lot of these questions she was asking ended up in the song. It was okay. just like three or four day Facebook email conversation that we were having. Um, and uh, and then that was right around when those attacks happened, and so they were very present on my mind. I was very disturbed by them, mm-hmm. surprised by how much so. Um, and I just kind of processed the whole experience through that. I had that little riff, that little hook. It took me a while to, to hone that in, but then um, it just kind of happened on its own. A lot of a lot of the songs I write just kind of come to me in a lot of ways. Uh, I like to write from kind of a trance state. Okay. In some some ways. Okay. Um, or just l- at least get the juices flowing that way, um, and then I'll, I'll whittle it away. But so so um, talk more about that trance state and and kind of what that's like and how you get into it and maybe like what the specifics of it are because that's really interesting. Okay. And there was um, I had another guest on here that I don't know if you're if you guys uh, if you if you know um, uh, uh, Ernest Chapman. Um, uh, I'm not familiar, but, uh, anyway, he's a friend of mine and, uh, he's, he's been in the music scene in Nashville for a little while. And, um, uh, anyway, but he was kind of on, he, he came on the podcast. I'll have to link up in the show notes what, um, episode that was, but, but, uh, he was talking about similar stuff and it was really interesting. Cool. And, and, and so it's, it's something, it, it's not something that I do and, and I'm interested in like oh, learning okay. more about that and like, yeah, that's cool. So, so what is that like? Like, okay. Yeah. Um, it's a particular state of mind, and um, I've researched states of mind a little bit. I'm not going to claim to be an expert or to know everything. If you have any real questions, go to Wikipedia. Yeah. Um, but it seems like we have um, um, different states of mind where our brain, the, the brain waves, the, the measurable waves that are, are whatever, the physical mm-hmm. representation of our consciousness, I guess. Um, you can m- measure those. And I can't recall the details. Just like you know, theta and right, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And um, there's a state of mind. I guess you know, a lot of people call it flow or yeah. you know, trance or whatever. Um, where the the part of your brain, as I recall, is the part that kind of uh, operates like the thinking, like this is me. I am lame. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of shut off, and the, the kind of the greater brain power I feel like is accessed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a place of non-judgment for me. Um, and a lot of times things will come to me like that. They'll kind of come out of me as I'm, I'm, I like to tape stuff and play, just kind of go there. Um, and, uh, um, or phrases will come to me. And so for me writing, there's kind of this, this, the two sides, there's that kind of the trance state where, um, I mean, I'm not like, I'm not necessarily meditating, but I'm definitely trying to get to the point where, um, 
just a little disassociated okay from my from my body okay um i don't feel like i'm floating or anything like that but i just try to i just try to 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 come from a place um that's just deeper than you know than what is readily apparent yeah it's sort of it's sort of like opening up the subconscious a little bit to exactly. kind of like things to drift in yes so it, is it it's i mean cuz like you know part of what i do i try to i try to spend at least 30 minutes every morning meditating awesome but sounds like this is more of like this is like cuz in you know meditation in my experience in the way that sort of i practiced it and there's like you know kind of i don't know a whole lot about about all that like there's so many different you know like there's yeah, so many yeah. different types of like yoga there's so many different types of like meditation and stuff you know and like there's there's a lot that i don't know but like really all i do is like i use um binaural beats you i know? use that too okay yeah. so um yeah that's i love that and i'll do that and i'll just um and i'll just kind of like try to like really focus a lot and, and focus my my mind intensely on just like breathing and just and just like really just that's it like mm-hmm. you know and then also just allow myself to go like whatever happens is totally cool like like there's no agenda I'm not, no there's agenda. not a right or wrong way to do it i'm just gonna be here mm-hmm. and like I'll, I'll drift into the i'll drift out and i'll drift in like throughout like this time that i'm doing it you know but that's really you know in uh sometimes i'm able to kind of reach sort of a different i guess it would be a different brainwave state i, I, would I guess so yeah and, and and i don't know sometimes i don't feel like i am but um but that's really all that like that's all that I do. And it's not really necessarily an active thing. Like I'm not, mm. I'm just sitting there with my eyes closed. I'm not like, I'm not like creating something or like, you okay. know. So here's another way of looking at it. And I was just thinking about it this way. Um, it's like getting lost in the song. Okay. Getting lost in it to where that's all, that's really all that's in front of me, so to speak. Okay. Um, in my mind's eye or whatever. I don't know. Um, and uh, you know it's one of those things that's kind of tough to put into words, mm-hmm. but um, you can you can write from the head or you can write from the heart. Yeah, and I think maybe that's really more what, okay. what is, what's happening. Writing from the heart um, instead of thinking about it, just okay. feel, feel it. Let it f- like feel it in your heart first, yeah. and then come up. All, another thing I like to think about is um, the music can, is a way of to is a way to express nonverbal emotions, and the words represent ideas and things like they represent things mm-hmm. um, and you kind of weave those two together the the nonverbal expression and then the ideas and that's kind of this tapestry yeah um, and uh, I forgot where I was going with it but just just from the like heart writing from the heart so yeah. um, so how do you um, kind of like get into that space and that state is there like a it's it's just like it's just like when you run it's like when you ride a bike and you get into that state it's that's a very that's meditation in a lot of ways okay okay yeah just getting out of your head you know not being so worried about oh my god did she text me back or did i is that the right text that i sent her is she gonna think i'm stupid because i didn't yeah you know what i mean just uh so you're just kind of like setting you focusing your thoughts like like Kind of sitting down, I'm going to be with this song, and it's all about like just kind of relaxing to let yourself like feel from the heart and yeah. not, and like all those other things, like those aren't a part of this right now. I'll get back to that part of life after my songwriting time is it's over, but I'm kind gonna... of compartmentalizing in okay. a lot of ways. Just, just, yeah, totally getting into the song, getting into the emotions, feeling it with your whole body, um, and, uh, and just not being afraid of what's going to come out. I so much stuff that I comes out of my mouth or that I play, I I throw away. Hmm. Um but you have to you have to get that out of the way yeah. to get to the good stuff. Right. So do you just kind of is it sort of a stream of consciousness? Yeah, okay. that's another good way to think of it. Is it yeah. very stream of consciousness? Okay. So you just like when you are. Yeah, it's hard to say that, isn't it? Stream of consciousness. Yeah. Um, when you're writing, do you? Is it like? Do you have a? You just sort of don't allow yourself to qualify things. It's like let's just move forward. Let's just like create. And there's a creation process, and you're not worried about like judging it, but or anything. And that that comes later, or, or um. It depends. Um, I think I kind of oscillate between the two states of mind pretty frequently. Um, also, as I write words or music, um, because fundamentally I'm trying to express 
an emotion, some kind of quality of the human experience in some way, some artifact of what it means to be human. Um, uh, because I'm trying to express emotion. Let me, what am I trying to say? Um, like you, like I was asking you about, um, you know, not not judging the stuff that you come up with immediately. Right. You know, you were saying like oscillating oh, between the say. two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a feeling. Yeah. Um, I write a line and I think, oh wow, this is it, or you know, it's not good enough, or some little um, musical phrase um, isn't quite as interesting as I want it to be, or doesn't feel right with me. So mm-hmm. really, it's all about feeling for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't ever try to think, oh, well, you know, like what's going to sell more mm-hmm. or, you know, are people going to be able to, oh, I mean, I, I, sometimes I wonder about if people will understand lines, but I usually put them in there anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but so it's not so much like a critical analysis where I'm deciding whether something should stay. It's uh, a pretty quick, does it feel right? Mm-hmm. And then I move on. Um, I live with songs a lot. And so when I'm writing, I tend to get obsessed. I go to sleep thinking about it. I wake up thinking about it, thinking about it all day. And I will write a verse t- uh, over and over and over. And looking back on those notes is a lot of fun for me okay. because I can see how like one word at a time, it slowly changed from this original idea over time and you know, a few days. And then finally, there it is in front of me. And I know everybody writes differently, but in a lot of ways, I liken it to a sculpture or mm. discovering some artifact in the archaeological dig, like brushing yeah. away the dirt a little bit by heel here and there. And eventually, this image appears out of the stone or this artifact out of the dirt um, and just taking a little off here and a little off there. Um, and then I'm okay with it. Yeah. Cool. That kind of makes me think about I may be attributing this to the wrong person, but I think that I, I remember like people reading about where Michelangelo was saying like with his statue of David, what well, was always there. I just had to like chip away this un- to uncover it. I had, it was already in there. I just yeah, had to like, thing. like take away to uncover the, the, the yeah, art. I yeah. feel that way about these songs. A lot of times, yeah. I mean, it's, it's weird and esoteric maybe, but these songs already exist mm-hmm. and I'm just, I don't know. Yeah. You're just sort them. of discovering them. I've heard other, there is a sense like, you know, um, I, I've read some other other interviews or people like talking about that. Like, well, you know, I don't really these songs are already out there and I just am discovering them. Mm-hmm. They're just coming to they're like, you know, I'm not really writing them. I'm just discovering them, you know, and there's some people that have that philosophy, like everything is already created. It's just people how they just different people discover things or whatever you know? yeah it's cool i mean i don't know if that's exactly what i think is happening yeah. i don't think that's exactly what's happening yeah, right i have some pretty weird views on what i think is happening yeah but it's what it that's what it feels like yeah it's yeah. how i operate and yeah. i try not to get too complicated about what's actually happening and try to just let it happen yeah that's cool man yeah man that's really cool i um yeah i like that philosophy um yeah i really i uh identify with that um you know, and I do, and and it's it is it's something that I'd like to dig into more because I was really intrigued. Like I said, like when Ernest was talking about it, I was really intrigued. And it's not, I'm not, I'm I'm a very cerebral guy, which is yeah. why, like you know, meditation is so good for me, um, to help me with that. But I I think a lot. Like I'm a very cerebral mm-hmm. guy, caught in my thoughts a lot. You know, analyzing, yeah, back and forth, yeah. pros and cons, weighing different options. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. So like just. My whole thing about like, you know, and I don't, I'm not a very prolific writer. I write some, I'm not very prolific. And that's something that I'm working towards, like doing more of. Um, But part of the reason for that is because like I get caught, caught up, like, like immediately qualifying things. Like, you know, even like when I'm, you know, I'll be writing just like content to put out online or something. Mm, Yeah. You know, and um, and and only recently have I been able to start to get myself to this place where, um, I'll just I'll just write, I'll just write, 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 write. This is what I want to write about. So just write about that, and don't worry about like how good it is or what the exact word is that you're saying right now yeah, or whatever. That's editing. That's proofing. yeah, totally. That's yeah, and even like to the point now, a lot of times I'll just like I'll be writing and I'll just say, you know, say something about, you know putting a microphone like like this and then I'll just keep writing and moving on so that like later I can come back and go what is it that I'm exactly trying to explain about mm-hmm. that microphone you know and like but used to yeah it would it would take me forever to write like 
just anything because I would I would write a sentence yeah. and then and then and then go back and like wait is that the right sentence mm-hmm. you know what I mean second guessing yeah and- so I like that just like just go 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 and just like forward motion and just like yeah yeah that's what it's like it's it's all about moving forward um I'm, I definitely get hung up on things though but yeah, yeah. um so that uh that song mm-hmm. we, so we were talking about that and that's kind of you had this conversation with somebody and it was an interesting conversation and then it just kind of you sat down and it just kind of like all these elements just yeah kind of like yeah we had that it was a conversation about spirituality and purpose and morals and ethics and you know what does it mean to be human and what can we do as humans really deep stuff and mm-hmm. um and she was coming at it um from a christian perspective and um and then the whole Paris thing, and like I said, I was really, really disturbed, really moved by it in a way I did not expect. And so I was dealing with those emotions mm-hmm. those couple of days. Just like, man, like I'm really upset. Um, and then thinking about America's role in mm-hmm. all of those things going on. Um, so you know, in in that song, for instance, I referenced the city on a hill. Are you familiar with that idea? It's an old like American Christian thing where it's like we're the city on the hill leading by example. Okay. And it's been co-opted and Okay. You know, I just see that in the in the in the way that the political system kind of manipulates people through religion. Mm. Um so there were some very overt statements in that mm-hmm. song. Mm-hmm. Um but ultimately it's just, you know, we're just here and um, you know, it's okay. Like it's okay to suffer, it's okay to be you know, in pain, like mm-hmm. we all feel those emotions. Um, we all, we all feel anger and hatred at times, mm-hmm. but, and that's part of who we are, you know, mm-hmm. but there's this other part that we can listen to. There's an, um, I've heard it spoken a few different ways attributed as a, like a native American parable where it's like there are two wolves inside you and the wolf that you feed, the one that you, you know, give nourishment to wins. And there's mm. good and evil in everybody. Yeah. And I think that's fundamentally what it's like to be human. Um, and a lot of the tension. Yeah. So that's what that song's about. The song's about being good and evil and being human and how, you know, we can't be, we can't pretend like we're any better than anybody else. Stuff like that. Yeah. So I just kind of, that, it was a way of me processing those emotions. Right on. Well, that's cool. Um, I'm getting, I try to turn these notifications off so I don't get distracted. I'm getting notifications. Um, so, um, yeah, man, that's, uh, that's interesting. What would you say is the essence of like the overarching essence of what your music Mm. is my music um it's a bunch of different things fundamentally it's it's me trying to deal with this world and what it's like to be human and my internal demons and things like that um i i want to say something with my music Mm mm-hmm even if I'm writing a love song, I want to say something deeper than, oh my gosh, I love you. Right. Um, especially in the past few years, as I've gotten a little older for a long time, I wrote about relationships and things like that. Pretty standard stuff like, Oh, this is what I'm feeling. And then I got a little bored of that. Um, and, and, and started looking outside for inspiration, um, and writing stories about, people um i like um i like the ancient poems so i I read the odyssey one summer and ended up writing a song about odysseus cool um this the other song we're going to hear a little bit later in the show is about ernest shackleton and his expedition to antarctica right before world war one it's just really it's the most incredible story you'll ever hear cool and I encourage everybody listening to go. I think there's a three-part documentary. You should still be able to find on YouTube called The Voyage of Endurance, which was the name of the ship. Voyage? The Voyage of Endurance. Okay. Cool. I'm going to link that up in the show notes, Man, too. That's cool. It's some heavy-duty stuff, but such an inspiring story. I mean, that's an entire podcast. Hopefully. I, I just hopefully, hopefully I didn't make a promise that I can't keep. Hopefully it's still out there, but we'll try, I'll look for the links and yeah. see if I can link it up. Yeah. So I like to, I like to write stories about human endurance and perseverance. That's cool. Whether it's on an internal level um, with life or on an external level physically overcoming something and getting on the other side. Um, and uh, I can get really esoteric too. Um, like get as, get as esoteric as you want. <laughs> yeah. Um, like subliminal messages 
Um, I'm I'm really drawn to guys like Carl Jung, who talks about the shadow um, and the collective consciousness. And, and, and was that you mentioned before we when we yeah. first walked in? So yeah, yeah, talk about that because I'm not I'm not really so I'm not familiar. He's a heavy cat man. Cool. He was Sigmund Freud's protege, but then he like literally studied under Sigmund. They were buddies, close friends. Um, and then he broke with Sigmund because of his um, dogmatic, uh, like the dogmatic way he held on to his beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so this dude, Carl Jung, um, talked about a collective consciousness or a collective unconsciousness, rather, okay. um, in a way that we're all connected in this really kind of weird spiritual way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, people can poo-poo that, but there is, I mean, this seems like there's actually some legitimate scientific research showing mm-hmm. that, you know, there is something going on. Yeah. I don't, I'm not going to pretend like I know what it is, but there's definitely something going yeah. on. Yeah. Um, and so he talked about that, but then he also talked about, he took kind of some of Freud's stuff a little further. Freud talked about the ego and the id and, you know, super ego and things like that. But um, if the ego is what we want to present to the world, the shadow is the necessary dark side. They can't exist. You can't exist without both of them. Okay. You, it um, ha- it's necessary. It has to, it has to be there. It, it's just right. It's like two sides of a coin. That's an interesting concept, you know, I, I not that not to like interrupt your no, train no, no, of no, thought, please. but like, that's an interesting concept to me. Cause I do go back to that. Um, and that's, it's such a, it, it's such a thing that's so in like deep in our psyche as human beings, like that we you can see it everywhere and yeah. like like all almost like all of nature of course like every pretty much every epic story whether it be a a movie that came out last year whether it be like the odyssey or something mm-hmm. is is that you know good and evil thing religion is based has a lot of that you know what i mean and Yo, it and, myths, man it's that whole thing yeah and so it's a really interesting thing i think and you you know always there's obviously like you know the yin yang symbol that's that's you know and right. i'm always kind of thinking about that and just like this idea of of like it's hard for me but at the same time at a certain point i don't know it's like that's hard for me to explain like i i can deconstruct like i said i i get lost in my thoughts i i think a lot but i can deconstruct that idea down into my brain so to the point that like i get stuck at a at the point where like it's almost like you it's so like such a basic idea. You just have to have good to have evil. You mm-hmm, have to have evil mm-hmm. to have good rather. I should probably say it that way. You have to have evil to have good. And then I'm just like, but that doesn't kind of make like, I kind of don't, I can't get, I can't like wrap my, there's, there's a, there's a part of it where I can't completely comprehend. Yeah. That. You no, know what I mean? Th- that's, I feel like the things like that are all over, you know what it means to be human. These yeah. things that are, neither and both at the same time yeah. or like they're it, they seem like they're paradoxes but they yeah. exist at the same time and you you see eastern philosophies talk about stuff like that a lot too um dao and yeah you know yeah and things like that i'm not a schooled extensively in that so i don't know but i've, I've been exposed to it enough to, to understand basically what it is yeah um and that's and that's and that's how i see things yeah um what, oh man Darn it. My, my train of thoughts is just like all <laughs> over the place today. All these ideas that it's hard for me to stay focused. Um, oh, another guy I was going to mention is Joseph Campbell. Okay. Who kind of follows in the line of Carl Jung. Um, Campbell was an anthropologist and he wrote a really amazing book called The Hero with a Thousand Faces. And his whole deal is that if you look across cultures and if you look to myths, you see this story, the same story. Um, and you can think of it as the journey of an individual person or the evolution of a society maybe even mm-hmm. um but uh it goes everywhere everywhere every every culture has a hero um and you know if you want to look at I don't know, the greek with odysseus um journeying going into the underworld coming back duty but in a lot of ways they kind of these stories that we tell each other they're ways that we kind of codify and discuss over generations what it means to be human, mm-hmm. what it means to be a good human. Um, and I, I really enjoy studying myths in that way. And I, I grew up, my grandparents are both English professors, and I grew up learning about these ideas since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I won't put my grandmother... Um, sat us down when we were little and we watched Fight Club and then talked about how that's connected to fairy tales. Really? Yeah. And Interesting. It's, it's, it's heavy duty stuff, man. The huh. male and the female, the masculine and feminine in all of us and um, and how that grows. Um, there are another series of books. This dude, Andrew Johnson, I think, 
they're called he, she, we, um, following in that Jungian idea and um, analyzing myths, the grail myth of that we find in England mm-hmm. um, in understanding the evolution and the growth of the masculine and the feminine in each of us. And so I see a lot of power in these stories. I feel mm-hmm. like in a lot of ways, humans are defined by stories and that's mm-hmm. how we exist. And, um, and I, so I see my songs connecting. I see my songs um, in line with Homer um, and Virgil um, and, you know, all these people that have sung about pain and suffering and joy and, and triumph throughout the centuries. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, it's only, maybe it's only in my head, but I feel honored to be part of it. That's cool. I mean, but no, that's like what you're after. That's your vision for your music and your subject matter and the essence and, and like sort of your North star of what you're, what you're after. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it is not, not to say that like, yeah, I mean, it's, you got to have an idea of like, okay, what inspires me to the point where I want to like, I want to steer my ship that way and kind of like steep that into my music. Mm. And like, that's yeah. What, and know. I kind of touched on this earlier when I talked about getting bored of writing with myself because after a while that was boring and I had to think about it, you know, what do I want to write about? What do I have to say? And I think that's really important for some, for, for any artist, whether you're yeah. a painter or a school, like what are you trying to communicate? Mm-hmm. Um, and I just kind of was going through a lot of personal internal growth and that was coming out. And then I kind of focused on it. Um, and, have been kind of working towards that ever since. Yeah. That's cool. So, so where would you say, how long, so how long you've been, how long have you been writing and creating music? Um, I mean, like, well, even since before I was born, they say I was keeping time. Really? Or not be born, born talking before I could talk. I was keeping time. Okay. Um, and then as a young child, I took piano lessons and then quit that to play drums in a rock and roll band. Okay. And then picked up the guitar cause I, heard Radiohead's album car okay computer okay and yeah. karma police and so i i learned the guitar when i was in high school just to be able to play karma police okay that 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 album inspired you to play the guitar yeah okay cool and, that's and, a, i mean that's a killer record i love that record but um my entire life music for me is always just kind of i've always just played anytime i pick mm-hmm. an instrument up i'm just noodling around with the melody yeah or things like that i don't really have to think about it yeah so so this place where you are now and what you what you are working to capture with your music um you know and the way that you craft music and your and 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 that you write today um what did it what's kind of the the transition from like um i mean is that something that you were always you kind of were like always after or is no. it something that you kind of like over time, you've... Gradual, very gradual. Yeah. yeah, so because music was so natural to me, I never really took it seriously. I studied English in college, uh, which is cool. I studied poetry and was really into that, and I knew I was going to apply that to songs and things like that. And I thought about doing music, trying to do music professionally, um, but I never really took it serious. Oh, I'm going to go to law school or whatever, I don't know. Yeah. And then as cliche as this sounds, I, I, I took some time off and went backpacking through Europe for three that's, months. That's awesome. It was, I'm, I never did that. And I, I, that's that's probably my biggest. I don't have very many regrets. I have like hardly any. But I do that I didn't like take some time to do that. I was, um, I'm really fortunate, really yeah. lucky to have been in a position where that was a po- an option. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went over there and, and it just opened my eyes to an entirely new way of living. And in a lot of ways just took me outside my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I came back and I decided I had to do music. And then when I finished college, I came to Nashville and realized, man, I, I suck. I'm <laughs> not very good at any of this. A lot of potential. Um, and so then I just started um, practicing and, and writing and, and trying to get better. Um, and then over time, um, over the years in college, I was, I was playing a bunch of guitar, kind of writing songs, but it was all never, I never really took it seriously. I never was mm-hmm. trying to go anywhere with it. So it was, they were very unfocused. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a drummer, I feel like my brain was programmed for rhythm, mm-hmm. imprinted for rhythm. And I kind of had to teach myself melody in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And there was just a point where I realized that I, I wasn't a great singer. I wasn't, my, my songs had too many words. They weren't very interesting, and um, I I had to change that. Mm. 
And I didn't really have a voice at that point. But over time, focusing on it, trying to get better, practicing, I gradually began to develop a voice and an understanding of songwriting. Uh, I went back to the greats um, and really tried to understand what made a song good. Mm -hmm. Um, And then just tried to copy that in a lot of ways. So um, what... What did it kind of, what were, what's like kind of the main things that poke out to you that you feel like it took for you to kind of, you know, to, to grow that way and to craft oh, yeah. and to sort of like, as you, as you, as you like have this realization, like, well, I suck, you know, and then this is, so you have this realization that's like, this is where I'm a- am and I want to be over this mm-hmm. other place. Right. And so, you know, what, did, what, did, how did you like, what were, how'd you get there? You know, oh. you, like doing the reps and obviously in like yeah. doing it a lot, doing a lot. But, um, I always, there's this feeling and it's kind of annoying cause I wish I could just be a lawyer some, in some ways, but there's this feeling that I had to, yeah, I felt like it was what I needed to do yeah. and I couldn't handle doing anything else. Mm-hmm. And that's really what drove me. It's like looking up this huge mountain you have to climb, and there's somebody with a gun saying, "Climb, yeah, I'm shoot you." Okay, so you have the you I'm like f- I'm gonna shoot your knee, I'm gonna shoot your knees out, yeah. and you're gonna have to crawl for the rest of your life. So you feel that it's like just imperative that 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 you pursue this, like yeah, life purpose. Yeah, super, just like very identified with that. I, yeah. yeah, I will say one of the best pieces of advice I ever got this great songwriter named Mark Selby. Um, got a couple of mutual friends, interacted with him a couple of times when I first came to town, ran into him at Broadway brew house. Okay. Um, and I was like, Hey Mark, a lot of people are telling me I need to go to law school. What do you think? He's like, you know, Lane, think of your life as your ultimate work of art. And mm. if you have to go to law school to make it as good as you want it to be, do it. But, you know, if it's music, do music. But don't feel bad about what it is. Don't feel mm. like you're failing in any way if you look at your life as your ultimate work of art. And that really stuck with me. I love that. Yeah. That's cool. What is that What, what for my analyzer brain mm-hmm. to satisfy that? Let's mm. dissect that a little bit. Let's like, do it. Yeah, kind of like, that what mean? does that like mean for you? Like, how does that kind of hit you? That, um, it really, it, it encompasses everything I do in a lot of ways. And it really made me wonder what art was. Mm-hmm. And I kind of got to the point where I thought, I feel like art is any way that we as humans interact with the world around us to make that world better. Whether it's prettier, whether it's happier, whether it's making your bed, doing the dishes, sweeping the floor. Those are ways that we're interacting with the world mm-hmm. around us to make it easier to live. At mm-hmm. least I find I'm happier when my floor is swept. I'm not a clean freak or anything. Um, or painting a great work or writing a song or making a sculpture. These are all ways that we're interacting with the world um, to make it better. Mm-hmm. To, to make, um, with the ultimate goal for me at least, of, of, of fulfillment, like mm-hmm. joy. Um, I don't want life to be easy. Life's not meant to be easy. Mm-hmm. But... I want there to be a purpose and and a and and a um, contentment at least in some yeah. way, deep down. Um, so I uh, yeah man, you know I try, I try to smile. I try to be positive. Yeah. Um, I try to I try to bring that into my music, um, and into my everyday life, um, and and try to make decisions, um, with with that in mind. You know? Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, am I going to keep doing music? Am I going to do another job for a while? Um, am I going to go out west? Um, am I going to help this old lady? You know, these are all, they can all be part of it. Yeah, and and and, and you, you weigh it against, like, what's the what's the, the work of art? What's the masterpiece that, that, that is the work of art of my life? And weigh that into it and yeah. does this is this you know does going out west is that part of it you know and right, it helps right, you just yeah. to understand like kind of i guess to kind of like make those decisions and that's interesting because it kind of almost in a way sort of in my mind kind of brings it around um 
kind of back to a back to where we were talking about kind of just like moving to your heart and kind of yeah. just getting into your heart and like I feel like there's a lot of power from yeah, working there yeah. from the heart. Yeah. Do you feel like because you know um there's also I think a function in being cerebral as well and thinking like thinking being so when, in your when head you, when you say cerebral do you mean like analytical yeah i okay. just mean like you know like you know feel be, like be, like feeling from your heart or or or, or you know to me cerebral kind of meaning like thinking your right. way through it and, and being i think they're intellectual both about it yeah yeah i'm very cerebral yeah. at the same time too. yeah 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 i think that um i think that uh there's i think that there is what's the word I'm looking for? Usefulness. I, I was trying to look for another word, but there's a usefulness to that, you know, oh, yeah, just like totally. I've had discussions with people before about like, um, not even, not only usefulness, but it's, it's essential. Yeah. Yeah. Essential. Totally. Um, but, uh, you know, even like with like with discussions about the ego and like, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, um, sort of mantra that flies around a lot of sort of the psychedelic communities mm-hmm. of like ego death. And, no way. Uh, can't kill the ego. Yeah. Cause you are the ego. Right. You have to yeah. purify the ego, yeah. but you yeah. can't kill it. Right. Yeah. 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 I like that. I mean, I was, I was kind of, I championed that for a while. I was like, yeah, ego death. And then it, because, but like. I think what people are really trying to say with like ego death is not like they're trying to, what they're trying to say is like, don't be egotistical or right. don't be. I totally feel where they're coming from. Yeah. But I think that's actually a detrimental way to live, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I've thought about that very phrase quite a bit. Um, and I think ultimately we're going to die. We're all going to die. I find great solace and peace in that personally. Mm-hmm. I know it freaks a lot of people out and it freaks me out too, but I'm one of those weirdos that's like having a bad day. I'm like, don't worry, man, you're going to eventually you'll be dead. Yeah, right. But, and then yeah. I'm like, you know, you're right, Lane. Thanks, man. <laughs> Chin up. It's going to be okay. Yeah. You're going to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. then I'm able to move through my day. But I think when you try to, when people are trying to kill the ego, they're trying to do something that is A, impossible, and it's impossible. So you're never going to achieve it. So you're going to be stuck trying to do this thing you can't do. But I also think that um, egos are beautiful. Egos mm-hmm. are great. We came here. For to, to have an ego, yeah, and that's what it's. If we didn't have an ego, we wouldn't be able to feel these emotions, mm-hmm. and that's what being human is all about, right? So I don't want to kill my ego, yeah. I just want to like um, control it in a in a healthy way, like yeah. purify it, and you know, it's like a lens. You know, light passes through the lens, and you don't want to get rid of the lens or the colors or the beautiful spectrum that yeah. the prism goes away. But if it's dirty, then that light can't shine through, right? Yeah. That's awesome, awesome, dude. This has been this what what a great what a great discussion. That's man. what I think about yeah. all day. This is uh, me too. I love it. That's why I like I you know I'm that's why I pretty much I bring up stuff like this on the podcast, and I love nice. it when I have uh, somebody like you on that I can it's cool really to talk about. Yeah, I can I really vibe with because, um, yeah, your your way of kind of expressing it is very interesting, and 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 I feel like it really kind of like. Uh, opens me up in a way oh, cool. kind of like kind of have, have some epiphanies you know so it's cool nice. yeah man yeah yeah you're and, and it's just like a lot of I, i'm really inspired by the way that you like what you described about how you um where you come from with your music and music creation and like where you you know and you referenced a lot of just people and writers and stories and things like that that's yeah. like that, that a lot of people um you know that kind of a lot of people don't think about anymore like some of that some of those older stories and stuff uh-huh. the, the, a lot of people don't talk about that stuff been, as much yeah, anymore yeah they get brushed you know? away yeah i got really lucky like i said my grandparents um i grew up hearing stories of gilgamesh one of the great creation stories and or hero stories um some pre-christian one um and and then it was just ingrained my grandparents would give me these books um, they would talk, we would talk about it at the dinner table. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, it was just there from the beginning and I'm really, really thankful. Mm-hmm. Um, but kind of going back to the creation thing, like as a, as a musician, I feel like I'll, I'll just say this. I feel like it's also really important to fill the well up. Um, Shakespeare is my favorite poet. I you know, I'll go read Shakespeare. I'll read these books, um, about spirituality, uh, and philosophy, novels um try to get into novels i love mm-hmm. joseph conrad he's one of my favorites been reading some of him lately um great movies interesting people you know get inspired i feel yeah. like that's a big part that, that's yeah. what i was trying to say earlier i feel like you, you have to get inspired you yeah. can't just sit around right get out there go for a hike you know see the beauty of the world 
um, make yourself vulnerable mm-hmm. because if you don't make yourself vulnerable, you're, you're going to miss out on so much because you didn't let you didn't put yourself in a position to take advantage of anything. What's like what's a way? What's a way? That, something that comes to mind when you think of like getting vulnerable? Getting that's, vulnerable. That's, that's some, honesty. Okay, with yourself and with people around. Not being afraid to talk about what you're feeling, even though you know it's going to be hard. Okay. So just getting brutally honest about like who you are, like sitting, in other words, like how would you do that? You sit around, you, they'd sit around and you would like contemplate yourself, spend some time contemplating yourself and not trying to avoid that, yeah. that time. Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, that can kind of get self-pitying if you do it too much, Yeah, but it, sure. I think it's still important. Sure. Um, you and I were talking about this the other day, you know, if there's something you want to do, you know, just do it. Um, and if you're having some trouble, think about why, you know, why am I not? achieving the goals I want to achieve. Um, um, vulnerability in a relationship. Um, letting, letting yourself get to the point where you could get hurt. Yeah. Um, cause that's such a deep place. And if we shy away from it, I feel like we're just not going to be able to f- feel those emotions that we would gain access to otherwise. Um, I think being not being afraid, um, or maybe that's not the right way to say it, but like about getting hurt, you know, yeah. emotionally or failing at a goal, um, just doing it and not worrying about what might happen. Don't worry mm-hmm. about what might happen. There's no reason that hasn't happened. There's mm-hmm. you can't, there's no reason yeah. to worry about it. I yeah. worry too much, and this is the easiest thing that I tell myself. Yeah, but um, I think fundamentally that's what vulnerability is to me. Is yeah is uh, taking the purifying the ego, you know, like mm-hmm. letting, letting yourself shine through and, um, and telling people how much you love them. So for the person who like, you know, uh, you're saying like about being in a relationship, really opening up, being vulnerable, allowing yourself, like, you know, you kind of like, in a way, show your soft white underbelly. And yeah. it's like, I'm completely like, you can do whatever you want with this. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can jam a knife into me or, you know, you can, you can be here with me. And, and to the person who has done that, right. And gotten hurt. It's tough. What Been is, there. what is on the other side of like, when you, to move forward and say, well, I'm going to commit to this vulnerability and to going there anyway, even though that it's not worked out in the past for me to do it. Like, well, I shouldn't say that. Even though in the past somebody has taken advantage of me. Is there love after love? Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Would you believe? There you go. Thanks, Cher. (laughs) Um, um, Yeah. Oh, man, that's a tough place to be. It's tough. I've been there, man. Yeah. I think oh. so many people have, and that's that's what I was wondering. Like, like to choose in anyway. What's on? What is on the other side of that vulnerability? To step through that, and like you know, man, I got taken advantage of once. Yeah, you know, and to, and to just like do it in, in, anyway. Like, what 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 lies on the other side of that for people? What's what's the potential upside? The potential upside. Um, I I look towards Eastern philosophy. When it comes to things like that, um, in the Buddhist way of thinking, they talk about suffering. And one of the questions they ask is why? And one of the answers they give is desire and Mm. attachment. And they talk about being in this world, but not being of it. Mm -hmm. And I connect with that a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, um, So the times that I've been really hurt in a relationship trying to figure out why, you know, what was it about me that allowed myself to get hurt? Um, and I think a lot of it is, um, not knowing ourselves and having these feelings, these desires, these, we want to be complete. We want to have companionship and be loved. Um, and then we get hurt. Um, I think it's important to remember that, um, in a lot of ways, life is about pain, it, but it's about how we respond to it. Um, and, and try to stay positive. Um, and be honest with yourself. And then on the other side is this incredible world of limitless possibility. And you just get up each day and you, it's like climbing a mountain, you know, in fog and it's really hard. And you're like, oh my gosh, this is so hard. My thighs are killing me. I can barely breathe. 
can't even see where I'm going. I'm just surrounded by clouds. And then sooner or later, the clouds, the fog is blown away and you look back and you realize how far you've come and you see this beautiful view. Yeah. And that's kind of what keeps me going. That's awesome. Is I know that eventually there's going to be this beautiful view, but I mean, life's up and down, you know, you can't expect it to, to get, to get where you're going and like, okay, here I am. I'm done. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, it depends, you know, sometimes people are, are more delicate than the others and they, yeah. they get burned and then they just don't know how to take it. But yeah. I would encourage anybody listening to this. If they're thinking about something, you know, if they're going through a hard time, just know that they're not the only one. I mean, it's yeah. pretty much everybody goes yeah. Okay, I hope you enjoyed that rerun of the first half of episode 39 with my friend and brilliant philosophical musician, Lane Abernathy. To catch the full episode as it was originally posted, go to johnstenson.com slash TMR039. Also, let's make sure you know how to get subscribed to The Modern Recordist if you're not already. Go to my website at johnstenson.com. Put your email address in the sign-up form that you will find right on the front page. I'll make sure that you never miss an episode. And as a bonus, I'll also periodically send you emails with tips, thoughts, and guidance on recording, mixing, producing, songwriting, songwriting, and maximizing your creative flow. All this at no cost to you. So head on over to my website and get subscribed now. And I also encourage you to additionally get subscribed on iTunes, and the way to do that is to either fire up your podcasting app right on your iPhone or open up iTunes on your laptop or desktop, search for The Modern Recordist, and click or tap that little subscribe button there. While on iTunes, make sure that you take a quick second to leave a rating and review as well. Good and honest ratings and reviews. Let other people know the value you're getting out of listening to The Modern Recordist. It also helps us to know that you're getting something out of these episodes and whether or not we're producing meaningful content and bringing on guests that you find fun and interesting to listen to. And finally, if you are indeed getting something out of listening to this podcast, go ahead and share it with a friend or three. Simply drop a link in an email or a text message or a social media post and let everyone know how much you're getting out of listening to The Modern Recordist. Okay, that is it for this week. There's more for you next week. And in the meantime, go live your life of an extraordinary artistic visionary and create something impactful in the world.